This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, August 20th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. India is among the fastest growing economies in the world, but a hyper-regulated economy, illiteracy, and insecure property rights continue to hold back India's poor rural populations. Parth Shah, president of the Center for Civil Society in India, believes the same liberalization granted to the high-tech Indian economy should also come to India's rural areas. Shah visited the Cato Institute earlier this month. I saw an ad on YouTube produced by the India Brand Equity Foundation, and the slogan, essentially, that they had devised for India was fastest-growing free market democracy, and they particularly focused on independent judiciary. They flashed up on the screen and free press, which they flashed up on the screen as well. I just found that to be very interesting. I agree with you. Actually, when you see the words they have used and the phrases they are using, uh, it's quite clear whom they are targeting, whom they are comparing India with, right? So it's China. Uh, So the the free markets, uh, democracy, independent judiciary, free press are actually the, no good institutions that we have in India, which largely don't exist uh, in China. And I think that uh, has been a very important sort of uh, no, topic of discussion in terms of China versus India, which country is going to move forward uh, and achieve the kind of things we want in a good society. Actually, my concern uh, with uh, China is not so much in terms of economics, it's largely in terms of demographics. The China, because of the one-child policy uh, that they have implemented for the last two generations, you now have a family in which the child has no brother, no sister. In the second generation, the child has no uncle, no aunt. Because the child's parents are also single uh, child uh, of the grandparents. right? So you have created a human family of a kind that we have never known in human history. right? And it's not understood what implications this new sort of family structure would have in terms of political stability, the economic dynamics uh, of China. And I see that as actually far more important concern in terms of the future of China. There is a belief that within some developing countries that high rates of economic growth may actually stifle further liberalization of the economies. Could you talk about that? Actually, that belief uh, must have originated from India. Uh, Because what has happened in India that, as you know, we had 10% rate of growth last year. Uh, But uh, in the last three years, there has been hardly any economic reforms uh, in the country. And so uh, it seems that unless uh, the politicians have their back against the wall, uh, they hardly seem to be interested in doing economic reform that need to be done. Ian Vasquez here at the Cato Institute suggests that the size of the informal economy in a country is an indicator of serious economic problems within that country, and apparently about 90% of India's economy is informal. And yet many of the regulations that exist in India would seem to actually make it less likely for a great number of the extremely poor in India to participate in the formal economy. Very true. Actually, uh, just in terms of numbers, 90% of the workforce uh, is in the informal sector. The 10% which is in the formal sector, 6% of the 10% is in the government. And the remaining 4% is in the formal private sector. Right? And that gives you, I think, a very good clue in terms of where the problem lies in terms of India moving forward uh, uh, in the future. 
in the informal sector what has happened is that uh, as you said there are large number of uh, old regulations right i'll give you one example uh, for hawkers and cycle rickshaw pullers uh, in the cities like delhi and these rules applied to actually in all cities and towns across the country uh, there's a law that applies to cycle rickshaw pullers uh, in delhi that says the cycle rickshaw driver and the owner must be the same person so if you are pulling a cycle rickshaw you must own that rickshaw right now if you think about this you realize that uh, even though there is good intention behind the law probably uh, to prevent exploitation of the rickshaw puller uh, by the middleman by the people who rent cycle rickshaws the banning of renting of cycle rickshaws has its own uh, problems right uh, and once you begin to think through what is actually happening to cycle rickshaw puller you realize that uh, this is a classic example of the law of unintended consequences where you intend to do good for the guy what you actually end up doing is harming the same person in that area pulling rickshaws it may not be a particular otherwise a growth sector of the economy it's not going to ever be a huge part of the the indian economy but in areas like agriculture where there could be so much more productivity from the land there what is holding back that industry uh it's true that nobody sees uh, cyclorix as a growth uh, industry but if you again think for about that you realize that the cyclorix puller that's the business that i know about right if i want to grow in that business the only way to grow is for me to be able to buy a couple of more rickshaws and rent them out but renting of course is illegal so in a sense what you have done is to constrain this cycle rickshaw puller forever to earn only enough that he can earn from one cycle rickshaw right and so in a in a sense not the growth of the cycle rickshaw industry but growth of that individual in terms of moving up the economic ladder uh, has been uh, sort of stymied because of this bad law in agriculture uh, that you spoke about uh, we have a law called the essential commodities act uh this was passed in 1950s when we had a famine in the country uh the act uh, regulates in minute detail uh, the production and transport storage trading of uh, uh, agricultural goods uh, in the country for example uh, in maharashtra the act says uh, that the sugarcane farmer cannot take his sugarcane across the district line without government's permission and in quite a few places the act specifies which sugar mill the farmer must sell his sugarcane to and if you understand this logic you realize that uh, it's no surprise the farmer does not get a good price uh, for his produce how secure are land rights in the rural areas of india actually nando de soto in his uh, book the mystery of capital has an interesting story that the one person in a sense who knows where your land ends another person's land begins is your dog and uh, the dog actually knows the boundaries of you know what your private property is so in a sense socially it's quite understood what the boundaries are but those boundaries are not legally uh, codified and that of as you can see creates a huge problem when you have to transact property buying and selling of land becomes uh, becomes a herculean task you say that most of the liberalization that has occurred in the india indian economy has been in these sectors that are extremely high growth sectors do the people who work in these industries and are leaders in these industries and and mainly live in the urban areas do they 
see the problems of the rural areas? Well, actually, the extremely high growth sectors are the ones where we have high degree of liberalization, right? So, for example, in cell phone industry, in telecommunication, in airlines, in banking, finance, all of these areas in service sector generally, call centers and BPOs, you see tremendous growth uh, in the economy. Uh, those are the areas where we have abolished the license permit raj, but the areas in which the poor earn their livelihood, uh, the hawking on the streets or cycle rickshaw pulling, uh, small businesses, we don't require much capital or skill. In all of those areas, we still have the same uh, old license permit raj. And that's the reason why the poor are not doing as well as they could have done under the new uh, reform uh, economy. Parth Shah is president of the Center for Civil Society in India. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Please consider a donation to the Cato Institute at our website, cato.org.